If you're a runner who's felt held back from the joys of running due to an injury, surgery, or diagnosis, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Legacy Running, where we'll be sharing return to run info, insight, and inspirational stories to show you how to win back your happy place and build your legacy. Thanks for joining. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Legacy Running Podcast. I am joined by Neil Palace, the licensed psychotherapist and mental performance consultant. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm doing great, Sarah. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to learn from you. I don't think that we have had anyone like you on the podcast, so I'm just okay. excited to see what you're going to say. Awesome. Well, Dig in, ask me questions. I, I, I'm in, psyched to be here, even though I'm not in the state of Washington. I'm here in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, dig, let's dig in. <laughs> so can you first off start with telling us a little bit about yourself just personally and then kind of get into what you do professionally as well? Yeah, personally. So it's kind of, it's all the blend, right? Um, yeah. But I am a... Um, a runner, a mountain biker, um, an outdoor athlete, a mountain athlete. I like to call it myself. I've been a mountain athlete uh, since high school, which was a long time ago. Um, you know, we're talking since the late 80s, uh, early 90s. I uh, kind of fell into this outdoor world, you know, rock climbing, mountaineering, um, yeah, late in high school. And I fell in love with it. I was running at the time too. Fell in love with it. And I took this program called Outward Bound in North Carolina and backpacked for about 20 days and and left that in high school, said to myself, I wanted to be an Outward Bound instructor. And so went out to Oregon, went to school at Oregon, um, got an undergrad in psychology, but mostly it was outdoor education (laughs) and um, learned to become an outdoor leader. And so I ended up working for Outward Bound right out of college. Uh, worked in Oregon and California for a while and then ended up working out here in Colorado um, and uh, you know, just fell in love with helping people find a little bit more about themselves, mm-hmm. you know, finding a, a little bit more about resilience um, through adversity, through challenge, uh, through challenging experiences that you experience in the outdoors. Yeah. And uh, along the way, you know, I, Decided I wanted to become a social worker, licensed clinical social worker, and because uh, I wanted to help people at a more in-depth level, and uh, dove into that. And but there was always this inkling in the back of my mind: is how do I people help people, you know, in these adventure sports, or how do I help people, you know, in team sports? You know, the Chicago Bulls. I went to school uh, at a time when the Chicago Bulls were winning every game, and I was really fascinated with the psychology behind that. And then I saw this connection to everything I did. Um, and eventually, it, it took a while, I decided to get a, uh, a degree in applied sports psychology uh, for a couple you know, a couple of years, I want to say a couple of years back. It seems like it's longer than that now. Um, and uh, yeah, fell in love with it. So I do, ultra, I coach ultra runners on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an ultra runner myself. You know, I think I mentioned before we got started, I'm going to be running the Leadville 100 in a couple of weeks. I'm going to do the Leadville 100 mountain bike in a couple of weeks. I'm doing this whole Leadville race series that goes back to back. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, yeah, that's kind of who I am. You know, I'm a, 
I'm a dad. I have a daughter who just started cross country in high school and, uh, you know, and uh, have two wonderful Labrador retrievers that are kind of crazy. (laughs) That really is. I did not know that piece about outward bound. Is that, um, what is, what is that? What is outward bound? What is outward bound? Okay. Outward bound started back um, in Great Britain in in the late 19 or the early 1940s and came to the United States in the early 1960s. And the idea was to take, at that time, was to take youth into a challenging environment, rock climbing, mountaineering, backpacking, with a bunch of complete strangers. And the idea is that you're going to develop some skills, self-reliance, physical fitness, compassion, um, craftsmanship, and, and challenge through this challenging experience. And you're also developed leadership skills. Um, yeah. Ultimately, you look at it, um, it's, it's building resilience, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a transference of the experience to your everyday life. And we try yeah. to do that on every course, go, okay, what could you take from this? You know, what could you take from, you know, this rock climb today or this peak ascent? You know, we'd climb a peak and uh, come back and we debrief it and talk about it. And it was so powerful to see the develop people's development individual development and group development during that time that that was my where my interest in sports psychology came from um so but they have programs all around the world um they're based here in the united states they have programs in colorado minnesota california oregon washington maine um, and smaller programs in individual cities that they'll run urban programs too. So I, I haven't worked in a number of years, but I'm still connected. And, uh, you know, it's such a phenomenal program for me to go through and then to, to work for them for a number of years too. Even once I established my career, I would take vacation time to do these week-long courses working with um, families. So we'd have an, uh, a parent and a child on these courses and uh, such a powerful experience. That is so cool. I can totally see just the way that you like get to learn about other people and like learn about yourself. I just think to like my own experiences outside, like the ways that different people react to different outdoor situations. I'm like, I want you on my team or like in the future, if this happens, like, I don't know if I want you to be the person that's like digging me out of this crevasse or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, it's, it's everyone kind of learning how to deal with different people too. Yeah. You know, and, and going, okay, how do I, you know, deal with this situation that's really challenging, which you get in team sports, you, get, you know, you get in baseball, you get in football, you know, you know, you, and you get even in cross country you know, or track, you know, you have to learn to deal with the different styles that you'll run into. And that's where kind of the, the applied sports psychology can come in too. And that's how we dealt with it in those groups because there were definitely groups that they didn't like each other but they certainly learned how to perform well yeah and uh so that 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 was fun that is huge so you touched on it a little bit but how did you become passionate about working with athletes specifically mountain athletes i feel like that's kind of your your big thing yeah i mean mountain athletes runners um i you know being a mountain athlete myself you know i i think you, you know, I, you, you run into problems along the way. Yeah. The stuff happens, you know. Um, 
there's different traumas, you know, as a runner, it was the injuries, you know, I'm, you know, I think I mentioned to you, you know, I had, I had some hip problems. I had some Achilles issues yeah. um, years ago and I was really, you know, intensely wanting to qualify for Boston, mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden I was out of it for almost three years. And, you know, and, you know, when you drive, drive, drive and keep driving at it, it's that's when you keep staying in the injury cycle. And, you know, that is that was really hard for me at that time. And that, you know, my interest was all, already there because I saw the connection to the team sports like basketball, you know, just watching basketball or, um, you know, go, wow, you know, what is the psychology behind this or mountaineering? You know, so going back to Outward Bound, yeah. a year after I took an Outward Bound course in high school, you know, I'm a senior in high school and we have to write the senior paper and we're learning how to do this research paper. And I wrote a, a paper called The Psychology of Mountaineering. Oh my gosh. And it was so, uh, it was prophetic, you know, I mean, it was just like this, you know, how did, how did I end up here? That's how I ended up here. And it's interesting if I think I could still remember parts of what I wrote and where I was looking for things, you know, research and talking how I talked about things. And I talked about self-belief and I talked about kind of self individual self-talk. And this is back in the late mid 1980s that I was doing this. And that was always in the back of my mind. And I was always interested how these teams evolved on the mountains and yeah, so that's how I kind of went through this circuitous route. And um, after I got my social work degree, I w- it was like always in the back of my mind, you know, what is this sports psychology thing? There wasn't a lot out there. And then I get onto Twitter and, in, you know, social media and I'm like, wow, there's all these cool sports psychologists and I start following them. And then there was a program and I wanted, I started investigating programs and they costed, costed a fortune. And yeah. plus you have a family. How do you go back to school and do all that? And the closest program was, you know, an hour drive away. And I was like, this won't work, you know, and going to school full time. So finally, I found one online program started opening up and found an online program through a program at Adams State University here in Colorado. And I was like, yeah, it's a close university. They're they're runners there. You know, that'll be a good, good, a good group to tap into. And it was, you know, so that's how I got here. (laughs) Awesome. I love those like early stages of like, yeah, it's like totally prophetic that these are things that are going to come up in the future and make full circle. Um, In your practice, you offer two main services. So psychotherapy and then mental performance consultations. Can you touch on like, what are the differences between those? And how do you, how do you make your magic happen there? How do I make the magic happen? So I kind of draw two circles. And one is this psychotherapy, uh, one is mental performance. Unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, we're, we're full human beings, right? And yeah. so these circles definitely overlap. Totally. So psychotherapy, um, I like to think of as is, is, is the full person. You know, this is what's going on at home. This is what's going on at work, school. It could be someone who is experiencing uh, some depression or anxiety or recent trauma, um, you know, a loss, personal loss. It could be an injury. A lot of times I will kind of move people who are, you know, hey, I'm coming for an injury. This is, we're, this is affecting your full psyche here. Yeah. Um, 
where you know, some people may say, well, that's just performance in my view, in my under my licensure, that's going to be psychotherapy. Yeah. Um, where performance coaching is if you wanted to just use mental skills to get better at your sport. Mm-hmm. How do I I get use this little edge you know we go and we lift weights and and we you know or we go see a registered dietitian to eat a little bit better how could I use my mind a little bit differently now yeah there's a little bit of overlap but if there's a huge overlap like my identity is completely wrapped up in running and it is affecting me personally and I'm having thoughts of hurting myself or something like that that's going to be psychotherapy Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone should be, shouldn't be working with a coach at that point. They should be working with a psychotherapist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I divide it up. It's so c- the consultation, uh, is, is coaching, you yeah. know, it is mental performance coaching. It's kind of, there's a lot of terms for it. You'll hear people say mental strength coaching, uh, mental performance coaching, uh, mental performance consultations. There is a I want to say a governing body. There's a program or a group called the Association for Applied Sports Psychology mm-hmm. that I'm a member of. And in order to become a certified mental performance consultant, you have to have at least 400 hours of their mentored work. Wow. You have to have an exam. Uh, it's a national exam, so it's not you know here's you know, something you take online. You have right. to you, you have to study for this, yeah. um, and you have to have 50 hours of mentorship and that's with someone who's also a certified mental performance consultant i am like hours just hours away right now of finishing wrapping that up and starting to you know begin to study for that exam so and it's been years and it takes some people years and some people just don't do it because people don't know what that certified mental performance consultant is yeah but i i i want to emphasize that it just demonstrates that we actually did the work. Yeah. Um, we studied, we've got mentored. Um, it's a lot different than psychotherapy. You've got to be able to understand what those differences are and how to work people with people just specifically as athletes. You can't just come at it as an athlete. You know, yeah. I can, you know, some people do. Um, and I wanted to dem- have these skills, I wanted to have this to demonstrate that I've done the work. Yeah, that's amazing. I really enjoy, like, I just believe, you know, you're working with an amazing practitioner when they have this like whole picture lens of, okay, we do this consultation and then I like assess the client and I say, okay, even though you're asking for mental performance coaching, the way that you're, you know, coming at this is actually maybe psychotherapy. And it's actually not valid for me to give you mental performance coaching because this is a bigger problem. Exactly. Opposite way where it's like, Hey, you're actually doing amazing. I actually think you would just do well with this mental performance coaching to be able to do whatever. Right. And I'll work with people if they're working with a psycho, they've worked with a psychotherapist and yeah, the, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're feeling better. They're, they're still working with that psychotherapist. They can come and work with me and do mental performance coaching. There's a lot of psychotherapists who don't know anything about this. And so that's why, yeah, come work with me. And I'm, I'm happy to work with you. Um, as long as they see that it's appropriate, you know, if there's things that haven't been addressed and it's really this overlapping thing, then I'm going to say, Hey, why don't you work with your psychotherapist for a bit longer? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you can come to me or you can come to me um, and do the mental performance and maybe we get a release of information and you know that I'm talking to the psychotherapist and making sure that we're not overlapping too much and I'm just doing performance or if there's something I need to be concerned about um, I would do that but it's um and that's where, you know, it can get challenging. If I see someone, I'm working with someone on mental performance for a while, and they say, and I'm noticing this is really kind of becoming is a mental health issue, I'm going to refer them to somebody else because I can't have that dual relationship with that person. Yeah, that's huge. No. What are some examples or like, can you give me one example of each category? So someone who would come to you, that would be best for psychotherapy or an example of a scenario you would work through for mental health or mental coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Mental performance. Um, so mental performance work is great. You know, I mean, someone who wants to, um, for example, ultra running, Yeah. they, they get to the starting line and they may have like that feeling of being an imposter. Maybe they're really competitive yeah. and they just feel like an imposter or they get really, you know, you know, ah, I, they don't want, they, they lose that drive after being passed by somebody yeah. or they, I don't want to say toughness because it's not toughness it, you know, it, it, it is, there's a lot of different components that go into that. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it could be, you know, just performance anxiety, just getting to the starting line. Yeah. You know, it could be something like sleeping before a race. Now, wow. if it's like, all life encompassing, that's more psychotherapy. But if it's just like, I, I don't feel well before a race, you know, I get nervous before a race, that would be more mental performance work. Um, the, uh, I, I like it when, you know, it's a competitive athlete and they're just trying to find different tools to behave differently. And this yeah. is the one thing that I like to focus on is how, how are you behaving? What, is, what do you want your behavior to look like mm -hmm. during your sport? How do you want to, you know, how do you want to behave? And so you can have, you have choices along the way. Your brain is going, your mind is going to push you around a lot. It's going to say, slow down. It yeah. is going to say, you know, don't do this. Don't show up today. Mm -hmm. And how do you want to behave? And so we're learning how to kind of accept some of that stuff that is coming at you. and all right, this is what's going on. All right, I'm going to go and push myself regardless of it right now, you know, cool. or I'm going to go through my list and take care of myself on my ultra and, and still push myself. Yeah. Um, it, the, where psychotherapy, um, you would, you, yeah, I apologize. You would ask about, you know, what, what it would look like for psychotherapy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it could, could be someone just saying, you know, I am really anxious at work. I'm really anxious running. I, I'm really, you know, I get, I've had panic attacks and yeah. that's like, you know, you know, okay, let's, let's talk about this as psychotherapy, you know, or, you know, I, you know, there was just an accident in the mountains, you know, and this is, this isn't going to just affect you as an athlete. This is going to affect you all around. Yeah. Now, yeah, you could see performance is going to affect you as a person, but there's a little bit more leeway there. It's like, this is coaching. I'm going to give you skills more educational and coaching. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
that totally makes sense. Yeah. I am reminded of, I took a sports psychology class in my undergrad and mm-hmm. one of the professors was a collegiate athlete. And he said that one of his classmates would all, or his teammates before he was a swimmer, before his races would lay on a cot and put a towel over his face and just basically, yeah. and that's what everyone yeah. thought doing and he would always place in the top three and what they realized was he was uh he was visualizing himself swimming the race before the race happened and yes he was, he yes but that's what i feel like that mental yeah. coaching is like where it's exactly and you could use i mean you definitely could use some of that in psychotherapy you know the, you know there's definitely you could use imagery in psychotherapy you could use mindfulness in psychotherapy and there's definitely overlap of skills uh, but yeah imagery before race you know i try and have people imagine you know you're you know if you can't you know you're running 100 miles you're at night you can't necessarily see your competitors ahead of you imagine them imagine you them pulling you forward you know using some of that imagery i mean you know you've seen pictures or um uh, of Mike, you know you described the swimmer and that was a perfect example of these i've seen you know michael phelps you know, he's got the hoodie on, he's got listen to his music yeah. and, and it looks like the other guy's trying to stare him down, but he's really, you know, at least my understanding of what he was doing is he's using imagery or he was really kind of in depth thinking about his race, you know, figuring out what that looks like, what that feels like. Imagery is really a cool thing. I learned about that in the outdoor world, yeah. learning how to kayak, you know, and I would watch a video of people rolling their kayak. And then I sat there, closed my eyes and visualized or create this image of myself rolling my kayak. I got into this position, you know, and then I get into the kayak and after a few times I was able to roll it and it felt exactly like how I pictured it and how it was described to me. And so that's part of why how imagery works. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. We, we do a lot of imagery. We could do a lot of work on self-talk. We could be a lot of mindfulness. Um, it could be a lot of, um, you know, I do a lot of work, uh, through this, uh, modality called acceptance commitment therapy. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be used in both psychotherapy and mental performance and in acceptance commitment therapy. What I'm trying to get people to do is notice your emotions be open to your emotions your emotions are normal you know these these things are you know that frustration you feel an injury you're supposed to feel that you know this is this is this is normal um it's what you do with it next Mm -hmm. you know it's what happens next now you can have behaviors that are going to be kind of helpful and then some behaviors are going to be unhelpful you know and it could be you know going to your race injured, <laughs> you, know, you know, which I'm sure you have seen people do, you know, uh, you know, and I've heard people do it, you know, they show up and, you know, I'm running with a broken leg, you know, Yeah. only time to do that is when you're being chased, you know, that's yeah. not, not yeah. worth it going to the doctor, you know, being injured the rest of your life or, um, you know, some people will disagree with me, but I I think it's not worth it. And if you think it is, then we got, we should talk. But but yeah, so there's behaviors that you can be doing that are going to be helpful and congruent with your values and who you are, what your aspirations are, what your real goals are. Um, And you have to kind of really dial into what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, health being 
probably one of them. That's why you don't want to run on that broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I always, um, for my practice, I am a, not a classic physical therapy practice. So I do not do like, Hey, we're going to pay for 12 sessions together. And that's what we're going to do. I run on a solutions-based model. So yeah. if client comes to me and they say, I want to get back to running 20 to 25 miles a week. I say, okay, we're going to work together for the next X amount of time ish. And we're going to work together until you hit your goal. So we're always looking at that 25 miles and it just makes this amazing, like uh, connection between like your mind and your action to be like, I'm going to take those appropriate steps to move for what I want to do towards what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you've got those goals. You've got a picture of what those goals are, what that behavior is. And, uh, and you know, if you're, you're injured, you, you should be running, you know, right now, or, or maybe not completely, you know, or doing things that you can do to help yourself, like all your physical therapy exercises that you've got to do during the day. This is, that's your running right now. That's it. Do that, you know. Totally, totally. Um, so the other, like, or I guess my biggest mission in my practice is I want to like eradicate fear from women that have been diagnosed with hip pain. So I want there to just be like testimony after testimony of people just being like, yeah, I had hip pain. I got through it and I'm running now. Um, so what would your advice be to someone who's like just diagnosed with hip pain or has hip pain has been diagnosed with like a labral tear or something. Their recovery is going to take about four months for them to get back to like running confidently um what would you say to to someone in the in those shoes first of all i know it's frustrating i know i know it's frustrating you know and um you know being a guy who's had a labral tear you know or diagnosed with labral tears and and, and, you know and and the you know it, it can be up and down be where you are right now where you are today what can you can control today look back at your your values as a person okay who you are okay so i want to run in four months okay what is it that i and it may not be four months it may be longer and maybe less we don't know you know sometimes it is up and down but being open to the frustration mm-hmm. of open to the sadness that's going to come up you know you're going to want to be your brain is going to want to push you into running and to doing something that may not be helpful. So figure out what are the things that are going to be helpful for you right now. Okay. So how do I do this? So your job may be doing your physical therapy exercises for the day. That is your sport right now. Yeah. Finding the other parts of you that maybe you could focus on right now too. What are the other parts of you? You're more than just a runner. You're more than just an athlete. You know, is it playing guitar? You know, is it is it, you know, whatever it is, be, you know, being a family member, putting some energy back into that too. At the same time, it's okay to be sad. It's yeah. okay to be very frustrated with this. It's going to be up and down. Mm-hmm. Open, be open to it. This is the acceptance part. The acceptance doesn't mean laying down and giving up. There's something, ah, I'm just going to give up on this. This yeah. means being open to that discomfort. And then you're going to be, all right, I'm going to do some things that I don't normally do. Like, you know, okay, I got to do these exercises. Yeah. Maybe I do start a routine with this. And this is my running routine. Instead of, you know, 6.30 getting up and running, I'm going to be 6.30. I'm going to do 
wh whatever exercises I've got, yeah, you totally. know, we're all going to go in to see Sarah and I don't know if you do dry needling or whatever you're doing, you know, it's like I'm going to go see Sarah do working on some things today. Um, and then also exploring those other parts of you. Um, you know, I got to keep going back to it is frustrating. Yeah. Know also that there is a commonality in other people. There's other people out there experiencing the same thing. Um, it's huge. You know, you could actually find groups of injured runners out there on Facebook, connect with them. You know, yeah. there, there are specialists, you know, that work with specifically with injured runners if you want to work on the mental piece of them. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes even, you know, doing imagery is really helpful. You know, yeah. sometimes working on your self-talk could be really helpful. Um, these are all little pieces, of, but uh, the biggest piece is being self-compassionate. You know, this is self-compassion has three pieces to that. One is self-kindness, just being kind to yourself. You know, how are you going to treat, how would you treat a friend who's experiencing the same thing? Yeah. Two is being mindful, being right here, right now. This is where I am right now with these sensations. It's uncomfortable. Um, you know, and sometimes there's all sorts of weird hip sensations that you know, moves around. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a second, this is my answer. what is this? You know, and you know, you got your little cross ball and you're, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's, you know, be mindful of that, be present with the discomfort, be present. And then also um, is that common humanity, the commonness in, in what we are doing. That's all part of self-compassion. Yeah. You, you're bringing that in and then that overlapping is that, is that acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, and then commit to your goals, commit to you know, maybe not your running goals right now, because maybe running Boston in four months isn't realistic, but what are, what are those smaller goals to get there? Okay. I need to do these exercises. I need to, I need, need to meet with Sarah, you know, maybe I need to meet, you know, with a registered dietitian or, you know, be doing something else right now that I could focus on, you know, maybe there's cross training I could do too. Yeah. So. I love it. I love that piece of the commonality. I think there's so much comfort and finding other people that essentially are like you that totally. have the same thing and are like on the other side and they're like yeah I know it's hard but I'm here and like if you just stay the course like I believe that you, totally. can, you can get here too totally absolutely you know and it's and you know connect with them you know yeah. like, oh yeah. wait you know I'm just, you know with social media I'm like realizing oh all these other people have hip pain you know it's like I never knew that you yeah. know and it's like oh, you know why am I you know I'm didn't know if I was going to get to the Boston Marathon or I, you know, got, you know, didn't finish the Leadville 100 once or twice because of strange hip pain, you know, and um, all right, that's what it is. Figured it out, uh, worked over a course of four or five months and was able to come back to it and run some ultras and don't really have that, you know, flares up from here to time to time. You just, you know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Knowing what to do. And then uh, I guess living through multiple cycles of like it getting better just builds confidence for the future. Builds confidence in the future. Exactly. Exactly. Let's look back where you were five, six months ago. So injured athletes, I'll say, let's, let's look back a year ago. Where were you? Yeah. You weren't running. Yeah. You know? So where the other thing is, you know, look under every stone. You know, it's like you, you keep on running into walls. Sometimes these injuries aren't, we, you know, 
not a parent. Maybe there's something else going on, you know, yeah. and it could be a nutrition issue. Uh, it could be, you know, and I know you're tapped into that. So it's, it could be all these little tiny pieces. Yeah. And look under every stone, you know, and that, and, and, and call people. And sometimes, you, you know, and I don't want to tell people, don't, don't see Sarah, but yeah, get a second opinion, you know, because oh. somebody, yes. you know, I, I've worked with people that, you know, we're going to work over here and just do the same thing all the time. And then, I, then I'd go to, a, you know, you know, this isn't getting better. I go to somebody else and we're, oh, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this is what's going on. And then, you know, there we go. And yeah, I'm all about advocating. I mean, I am like oftentimes people's second, third, fourth person that they've been to. Totally. That, and they're like, oh my gosh, I never knew that this would happen. And I've already been to these people. Um, so yeah, even if it's like, if I'm your first person, like, and, and there's more people to go to, like, look under every stone. I love that. It's really yep. good. Absolutely. Um, anything else that you would like to share about what you do or just from today's conversation uh, that's on your mind? Yeah, well, you know, I'm based here in Colorado, so I work with Colorado athletes. Okay. Um, you know, due to the licensure laws, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and social workers don't have the reciprocity in, in the other states, so I have to work here. And yet I stick with that with the mental performance coaching for right now, too. Uh, even though that is coaching, I still have still have that license hat somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else do I do? I also am a, a coach for Carmichael tra Training Systems, completely separate from my psychotherapy practice. It's totally unrelated. Um, and I coached, I uh, have a, a group of about 15 ultra runners and marathoners that I coach to. I've had a lot of people, you know, recently qualify for Boston. So I love having my hat. I love wearing these multiple hats that I could just, you know, put on at any time. And it's just one of, just a fun thing uh, to do. I'm on social media, but I'm not on there a lot right now, uh, just because I'm really busy getting ready for the Leadville 100 bike race and mountain uh, and run. Uh, so I'm super busy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what else about me? Yeah, yeah. I think you know, you know, thinking about this is, I think anyone could get value out of either psychotherapy or mental performance coaching. You know, and some people may need one or the other, um, but I think connecting with someone and just talking through things can always, always help. You know, you know, even if you think you got it and you are the toughest person around, yeah. this, it, it helps just sitting down and processing. You know, I could have a client for one or two sessions and that's like, that really helped just processing it, you know, and that's okay. You know, that, that's what we're here for. That is awesome. And then if we want to get in contact with you, so if we're in Colorado or whatever, we want to get in contact, what's the best way to do it? Is it your website, Instagram? So, yeah, website, call, um, Colorado Psychotherapy and Sport.com. Cool. Um, let me I do that. Uh, yeah, Colorado Psychotherapy and Sport.com. I'm also on Instagram at the same handle at Colorado Psychotherapy and Sport. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where you could find me. That's probably the best way to reach me if you're here in Colorado. And you know, if you have questions and you're on other states, you know, I, I could at least point you in the right what, right direction. Um, you know, I've got a, I know a lot of people around the country, and I try to keep as many contacts as I can. 
So I'm really fortunate to meet you. So I've got a cycle or a physical therapist in, in the Seattle area, right? Yeah, Washington. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'll put your information in the show notes. But other than that, thank awesome. you so much for coming on today. And I just look forward to keep chatting with you online. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sarah. Daniel. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Legacy Running. If you haven't already, please share this out so more people can build their legacy. If you would like to work with me, Dr. Sarah, check out strategywithsarah.com and get access to schedule a time to chat about returning to run, pain, injury, or fear-free. There's more info on how to connect in the show notes as well. I look forward to talking with you soon. And remember, how you show up matters.